right. Good morning, everybody. All right, all right. Hey, it's a brand new year. How do you feel about it? Huh? You feeling good? All right. Well, that makes me nervous. I'm going to step my game up this morning. Hey, if you don't know who I am, my name is Josh. I have the privilege to serve as the lead pastor here at Church on the Rock. This is one of the greatest joys in my entire life. I love this church, which means... I love you. And some of you guys are like, yeah, but it's my first time here. I know, and I love you already. If you are a guest, I really want to take a moment. You've probably already been greeted by several of our team members, but I want to take a moment and just personally welcome you uh, to our church, welcome you uh, to uh, this family. I would like to say it this way, welcome home, everybody. So if you're a guest, honestly, we yeah, go ahead, give it up for the guests. We're glad that you're here. Thank you for spending your Sunday with us, if you're tuning in online, I want to welcome you guys as well. So many faithful people, quite honestly, from around the country, different parts of the world, even within our city, are faithful to tune in online. And I just appreciate the fact that you guys stay connected, that you are a part of this church family, even from a distance. We love you guys. Happy New Year to you as well. One more hand clap for them tuning in online. All right, I'm going to do something that I don't typically do. Can I just get like announcement type stuff out of the way now? Can I just do that now? Is that okay? Let's just get it out of the way. Um, listen, if you're a guest, um, this is something that you had the opportunity to receive when you walked into the auditorium. If you did not receive one of these, you have the opportunity to grab one of these in the lobby after the service. And I just want to talk to you quickly about what this is. We call it a connection card. For us, this is the way that we connect with you. Now, here's the beauty of it. It's in your hands, which means it's at your discretion. Here's what I think. I believe that visiting a church is a very brave thing to do. I, I actually think that to show up in an atmosphere with a bunch of people I don't know and, 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 a, and a thing, like, I just feel like there's loads of questions. And so for you to even be in this room, to me, is a brave thing. And I appreciate you being here. As a church family, here's what we want you to know that it is our desire to connect with you. That's what we want. But at the same time, you might not have that desire at this time. If you, though, at the, by the end of this service, and we'll give you all service long so your, um, like your weirdo antennas can go up, you can start measuring the atmosphere. Like, are these people normal enough for me to trust them with any information about me? Come on, I know you're doing it. That's what this connection card is, okay? So at the end of this service, if you decide, I really would like to know more, or I really would like to connect. That's exactly what this card is. Now, some of you may have been attending for a long time, and this card still serves you as well. Maybe today you're going to make some sort of life-changing decision, and it's like, look, man, God has done something in me, and I, I have made some sort of change, and I would like this church to know so that you can help me to uh, grow in that changing atmosphere of my life. This card is for you as well. And then at the very bottom, this may be my favorite part of the whole thing, separated from your personal information, is a prayer card. And I listen, you don't have to tell us your name, your story, any details, anything like that. But if you say, I just want somebody to pray with me about you fill in the blank, you have the opportunity to do that with this connection card, with this prayer card. And the way that we would collect those, if you choose to leave that stuff with us, is at the back of the aisles, uh, at, the end, at, the, at the end of the aisles, at the back of this auditorium, there are green boxes, and you could drop those connection cards there, and that's where we would collect them. Sound good, everybody? Okay. I'm going to look for a little, I'm going to be Pastor Aldrich for a second. I need a little interaction. Does that sound good, everybody? All right, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. It's going to make it go a lot better if we talk to each other today. Does that sound good? Hey, one last thing. Um, you guys are incredible and faithful to give church family. So if you choose to give today, the ways to give will be on the screen behind me. And if that does not make sense to you, good. That means you're a guest here, and we don't actually want you to feel any pressure to give. 
We would love this service to be our gift to you. And again, we even have a bonus gift for you at the welcome desk in the lobby. All right. I'm ready to get into the message today. How about you? So we're starting a brand new sermon series today, and we're calling it First Things First. It's a brand new year for many of us. This is the first time we've walked into a church building this year. For some of you, maybe the first time you've walked into a church building in a long, long time. But I know this, that just naturally, people at the start of a new year, we want to kind of like get things right. It's like, it's like a great excuse to have a do-over. How many of you guys love do-overs? They're the best things ever, right? Like, man, I'm not on course, or I'm just wrecking this thing. I'm really not doing well. Let me get a fresh start. Let me have a do-over. And I think a fresh year does that for us. And so here at Church on the Rock, I just want you guys to know that we believe a few things. And one of the things that we believe is that we should just have Jesus over every part of our lives. That's what we believe. And so as followers of Christ Jesus... And, and, and Christian people, sometimes, how many of you guys know that sometimes we just drift from healthy habits, we kind of drift away from, from the things that fuel us or feed us, sometimes things get out of order. Anybody ever been there? You guys ever driven your car and it needs an alignment? You know what I'm talking about? Like it starts to pull to one direction. Like it, and if you're driving that car, it can be pretty frustrating to drive a vehicle that's out of alignment. Because here's the thing, the car should go straight. And any time that it's trying to pull or drift into a different direction, it's always pulling us toward danger, either for ourselves or for somebody else or for both. Couldn't we agree with that? Like it's always dangerous for the car to pull. And quite frankly, if we ignore that pull, we're going to start wearing some things out. We might strengthen our bicep a little bit, but we're going to wear tires out and other components of our car, and it just simply isn't a good thing to do. So every once in a while, you got to get a realignment. You ever had one of those? Realignments are really annoying, and here's why. They're pretty time-consuming, and they're pretty costly. Not every shop does them. So for me to go get a realignment, it actually takes like quite a bit of effort. It's frustrating. It drives me crazy. Come on, anybody with me? Now, I recognize that some of you guys don't know anything about a car. You know how to crank it up and make it go, and that's it. So when I start talking mechanical things, you are lost like a goose in fog. You're like, I don't even know what we're talking about right now. What's an alignment? That makes no sense to me. But you might have an area maybe of your house. Maybe it's your office. Maybe you've been saying forever and ever, I need to purge this closet. My goodness, I only wear one-third of the clothes in here, and I dig through them. And one day, I just need to take a day on a weekend. I need to purge this thing out, and I need to give some of these clothes away. Come on, how many of you guys are with me? How many of you guys have, a, have a, an area in your house? Maybe it's a junk drawer, or, or it's the closet, it's the bedroom. Maybe it is your car itself. You're like, I'm pretty sure plants are growing in the floorboard <laughs> right now as we speak in my car. It happens. It happens. Well, I want you to know something that I think we're all the same. I think all of us are that way at some level and in some way. And in fact, to illustrate my point further, I want to show you guys something that I think, if you know me, will shock many of you. Is this okay? It's going to shock some of you. So brace yourselves. As I was preparing this message, God put an idea in my mind. And at first I was like, that's a stupid idea. I hate this. And then I just honestly just kept feeling like the Holy Spirit was pressing me, but like, hey, but like it's my idea. And I finally just relented, yes, Lord, I am your servant, and I am willing to suffer for you. Come on, you ever been there? I want to show you some pictures of my garage as it is right now. Now listen, before we show them, before we show them, all right, 
if you know me, you know that I am, I'm like a nutcase about order and excellence. If you're a military person, dress right dress is my love language. I like, I like it. I just like it. I like things to be perfect. It's just the way that, that I am. But I have to be transparent with you. I want everybody in our church to know I'm a real human being. And, and so I want to show you some photos of my garage right now. Let's throw it up for him, Derek. Let's show him. There, there's... This may as well be a live video feed of my garage right now. Here's the most ironic part about this photo. There's a four-wheeler in there. It's like a game of Where's Waldo? Good luck. It's somewhere in there. I've got, I got a little workout thing that you can tell I haven't been using much. That lawnmower right there has a dead battery. I need to replace the blades on it. That's all the Christmas stuff uh, that's down out of the attic right there. This white stuff across the corner. We're, we're having some incredible people are helping us put trim in our house right now. Uh, a couple tree stands that didn't get used this year. Just randomness. Katie's surfboard just not even straight. Just kind of over there in the corner. Um, I don't really know what's going on with the orange cooler thing. It's a disaster. It's a disaster. And every time I walk in there, I almost have an aneurysm. Let's show them another one. Um, yeah, there you go. That's just coming right out of the kitchen. Fins up, I guess. We won't talk about them much. But, uh, yeah, you just see just random. There's a couch because some people, my, my kids, uh, my daughter moved into a new house, and it showed up, and then my other kids need it, and so it's just sort of being stored there for now. Uh, let's show them the last one and get through this already. My goodness, that's the workbench, if that's what you call it. It's more like a junk drawer. Um, just a disaster. Just a disaster. I think, we, all right, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. Now, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you something because I realize that not everybody in our church is from the South, and, that, and that's a good thing, by the way. I love the diversity in our church. We have it in all kind of ways, but we are in the South, and when you see a place like that, there's a very appropriate Southern response to it, and I want to teach you that very appropriate, very Southern response. Let's show them what that response is. This is how we would say it. You would say, Lord of mercy, Lord of mercy. Now, if you were going to pronounce that correctly, it would be Lord of Mercy. But we're in the South, and it's a little more like Lord of Mercy, because that, that's like an expression of disapproval and disgust. It's kind of like bless your heart, but different, you know? <laughs> very similar, but not the same. Um, it also can be a very short, powerful prayer, like Lord of Mercy, help me in this place. How many of you guys know that when it comes time for me to put that garage back into the order that I like it to be, it's going to take me some effort, some effort. Now, there is a very viable and legitimate excuse for why my garage looks like that. Hunting season just ended, and everything gets ignored during hunting season. Say amen right there. And so it just got out of hand. One thing led to another, and then it was like, well, the kids, hey, can we just put, yeah, sure, just throw it in there. And then it was like, oh, well, we're doing the trim now. Well, then that kind of becomes like chaotic and messy, and now there's a few tools, and there's some stuff. And all of a sudden, before I really knew it, it was just like it was out of order. Come, come in from out of town or something like that and just start throwing stuff on the workbench because it's like, I'll just have to deal with that later. But then later turns into another busy moment, into another ignored day, and then all of a sudden I've got a mess on my hands, a real, true disaster in my home, and we call it a garage. But once I, next weekend, in the name of Jesus, get in there to make this thing look like the way that I 
want it to look. How many of you guys know it's going to take some time, some work? It's probably going to be a little dirty, a little frustrating. My driveway's probably going to look like a mess for a while because I'm just going to get stuff out, and then I'll slowly start cleaning and then bringing stuff back in, and then I'll probably have extra amount of trash next week because I have to do some things to make that room look better. I think that we all can agree. But sometimes this is what the overhaul in our life requires. And I think that oftentimes we start a new year with real high hopes, like we have these uphill hopes and we have downhill habits. And so I hope it gets better, but I'm not actually willing to do the effort it takes to get it better. I would love to talk to you a little bit about that today. The, uh, the, the, the iconic, I guess he is, motivational speaker, Tony Robbins says this, that the path to success is to take massive, determined action. Massive, determined action. For me to get my garage in Josh Hersey likeness, it will take massive, determined action. So I want to talk to you today. The title of my message is Realignment. Because every once in a while, just as people, and certainly as followers of Christ, if that's you, and it may not be everybody in the room, but as followers of Christ, every once in a while, we just have to realign things. We have to just get things back in order. I've, I've, got, to, I've got to get it right again. I've, just like my car, when it drifts, it drifts towards danger. How many of you know you never drift in the right direction? I've never lost weight by accident. I've never gotten in shape by, by drifting, right? Like, like I never tend to wind up in the places that I want to be. I have to intentionally go to the places that I want to be in. And so today, as we start this series that we're calling First Things First, I want to start it with the idea of realignment. And I want to take you to our foundational verse. We'll read this verse every week in this series. It's Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Probably very familiar to a lot of us in the room and those tuning in online. The Bible says, this is Jesus speaking. He says, but, that's the first word, but, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all this other stuff will be added unto you. And in the context here, Jesus is actually talking about life and, and all the pressures and the expectations and the stuff that surrounds us. So the, the very chaos that you're thinking about right now, the, the things that have caused you to drift or the reason that your garage or your room or your car or an area in your life is so messed up right now is because we've, we've drifted. And Jesus is talking about those kinds of things. And then he gives this this conclusion, but... If we'll seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto us. All these worries, cares, concerns, all this stuff will be added unto us. First of the year, first things first, Jesus says, seek first his kingdom. And I want to key in, if I may, today on this, this idea of kingdom. Think about a kingdom just for a moment. Maybe it's from a movie or a book, some concept that you have of a kingdom. Maybe you've been in a country that didn't operate in democracy, but perhaps there was an actual kingdom in which it structured itself. If we understand a kingdom, the, the, the big thing I want us to recognize is that kingdoms operate in a certain order. It's together. It's organized. 
there are do's and there are don'ts, and there are protocols, and there are things that we do and don't do inside of a kingdom. And Jesus is telling us there's a kingdom that we should be seeking, an order, if you will, a structure, a system that we should be seeking, and his righteousness, and we'll get there. We'll get there in this series. But today I want to talk about the idea of seeking first the kingdom. And I believe with all of my heart that for those of us that walk with Jesus, if we are going to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, I believe that Jesus initiated and put into place an order and a structure. And I believe with all of my heart, in fact, I've committed my entire life to it, that the way that we find the kingdom is through his church. I believe that's the order. In fact, I would go further as to say that I don't think God does anything in the earth today outside of his church. And I want to talk to you about that a little bit today. Because you, you, you came, you're, you're tuning in online, you're, you're, you're wanting to get things going right. You would love for 2023 perhaps to be your best year ever. And I want to help you do some things that I believe will help make that a reality. I want to talk to you this morning just a little bit about the kingdom as we see it and operate in it today. The church. Now just look around for a second. My, my coach used to say, put your head on a swivel. Go ahead. Go ahead. Look around you. Look left. Look right. You might look up in the balcony if you're far enough to see there. That's the church. It isn't those walls over there. It's not this platform I'm standing on. It certainly isn't the microphone that I'm holding. The church is you. You're the church. And I want to talk to you just about that a little bit this morning. I want to unpack this because what I want to do is I want to help us to find some realignment today. I want to take you to Romans chapter 12, verse 3 through 5. The Bible says this. This is... Uh, this is the writer saying, as God's messenger, I give each of you this warning. I love this. Watch what he says. Be honest in your estimate of yourselves. Woo, here's what I know. If, if some of us could get that right, we'd improve. If we could just be honest, like tell yourself the truth. Come on, somebody. I mean, I'm not trying to preach on this sentence, but I certainly could. One of my favorite quotes in the world is someone said to me, Josh, everywhere you go, there you are. That was a mentor's way of saying, you're the problem. It's you. Figure it out. I had to get honest in my estimate of myself. And so he says, hey, hey, be honest in your estimate of yourself, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a spe special function, so it is with Christ's body. Watch this now. We are all parts of his one body. And each of us has a different work to do. And since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other. This is strong language. And each of us needs all the others. We need all the others. We belong to each other. A couple more, I just, one, one more verse, a couple more ideas. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, the Bible says, He makes the whole body fit together, how? Perfectly. 
Each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I would love to be healthy and growing. I would love to be perfectly pieced together. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 6 that we should carry each other's burdens. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12, further in the chapter we started in, it tells us that we, when, when you celebrate, I should celebrate. When you're up, I should be up. It says when you cry, I should cry. L let me say it this way, that I believe with all of my heart that followers of Christ Jesus must have the church. Which means, and I'm going to get on your toes for just a second, some of you, all right? If the shoe fits, put it on. If it doesn't fit, don't get offended. Let's don't get, let's don't get angry and hateful at nothing. Amen? All right. Which means that some of us would say, well, my church is the woods. My church is the boat. My, my church is time away. My church is, I'm, respectfully, you've misunderstood church. Because it is not a place. It is, in fact, a people. It, that's what it is. It's more a who than a what, really. And so I want to offer us what I'm going to call a realignment action plan. Is that okay? Realignment action plan. And it only has one step, just one. But there's a lot of ways that you can take this one step. Does that sound fair, everybody? Here's my one step, the realignment action plan for our lives is this. I'm going to encourage us at the start of our year today to simply do this one step, and that is to engage with your church. Because for some of us, it's just time we engage. You've been doing a great job showing up. You're an attender. You know, you, you, hey, you know, every once in a while, catch it online, you know, whatever. But there isn't really any engagement going on. And my encouragement to us this year is that we would engage with our church. In fact, I'm, I'm taking this quite personally in exactly the way that my life group is being structured this semester is very intentional for me to be more engaged. There's, there's some engagement that I know I need to step my game up in. And so my structure of my group and the recruits of my group are exactly designed with my need to better engage. And so I just want to talk to us about ways that we can engage in our church. Does that sound fair to you guys? We're almost done. Isn't that good news? <laughs> Amen. Hey, number one, number one, I'm just going to give you, these are different ways that you can engage with your church. And number one is this. I'm going to encourage you, make church a priority, not an option. Now, now I'm talking about attending and gathering with the church. How about we make it a priority in our lives and not an option. My kids never ask me, Dad, are we going to go to church on Sunday? Ever. To which some of you guys are like, well, duh, you're the pastor. No, I know, but this is our priority. And quite frankly, it was a priority long before I was the pastor. Church has been a priority in my life, all my life. It's just a part of who we are. It's a part of what we do. Now, you're going to notice that there's some other additional announcements that I'm making here. And I almost put that church happens Sunday mornings at 10, but I was like, they probably figured that one out. I bet they got it. But at 10 a.m., we gather together as a church. Not for church, 
but as a church. We gather together and we worship together. We have conversations together. We pray together. We laugh and goof off together. And if you don't know that's a reality at Church on the Rock, you're probably disengaged because we have fun around here. There are times we cry together because, again, someone might be hurting and it hurts us. We're laughing because someone might be having a great time and we're having a great time too. We might be laughing because someone made a mistake and we're laughing at them. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying, right? But the point is that, like, there's a real family here. And so what we, what we do is we engage with one another as a, as a collective gathering each and every week. But we also have other things that happen like church. Like some of you didn't even know that youth was an option for you. It happens every Wednesday night from 6.30 to 8 p.m. And some of you are like, oh, I didn't even know. Maybe it's because you're new. Maybe it's because you're a student and you just thought this was the only thing that we do. You didn't know that there was a service designed just for you. But that's your option. Mom and dad, your kids can come and Hang out on Wednesday nights at our building next door. We own a property, by the way. It's right next door. Uh, and that's where youth happens. It's our kids' campus. We have prayer services all year long on Tuesday mornings from 7 to 8 a.m. That just happens all year. And everybody, the whole world's invited. You can show up to that. It's not exclusive at all. It's totally inclusive. You could just come. You could be a part of those services with us. Like, we're doing things where we just, we gather the church together. Let's get together and build relationship and engage with one another what I'm encouraging you to do is make church a priority. Make it to where your kids don't ask you if, but when. Why? Because we want to seek first the kingdom. And God moves in his people through his church. In fact, I believe God moves in the earth through his church. Now, now. That being said, I want to encourage you, maybe you would participate with us by joining us for prayer and fasting. We are in a unique season of prayer right now. And again, this is like first time news for a lot of people in the room right now. Like, oh, we didn't even know. So we're actually doing something unique. We do this twice a year where we emphasize prayer. It's not that we only pray for 21 days. It's that we emphasize prayer for 21 days. And at the start of our year, we actually accompany our prayer emphasis with a fasting emphasis as well. And we actually encourage our church family to separate from some things. Like put away some delicacies. Get, get away from social media or hours of TV. Get away from a meal. Get away from sweets. Get, get like you, you de- that's between you and God. You decide what that would look like. But we encourage our church, hey, like let's create some separation from some things and let's replace that with times of prayer. The idea of fasting is that if I'm going to skip lunch, that I would replace that meal for my body with actually a feeding for my spirit. So at lunchtime, I'll pray instead of eat. And I would encourage you, join us for prayer. Now in this season, we're going to meet Monday through Saturdays from 6.30 a.m. Brace yourself, I know that feels a little crazy, till 7.30 a.m. every day of the week. And then of course on Sundays, we'll see you right here. And I would encourage you, join us for that. Be a part of that. Some of you guys are, have already written it off. Like, I'm not getting up that early to go pray. That's crazy. An hour sounds like a long time anyway. But I just want you to give an honest estimate of yourself. How's your prayer life? Because some of you, an hour sounds like a long time because you don't even really know how to pray. But we would love to help you learn. And sometimes just being in an atmosphere and seeing other people pray and hearing other people pray, it's a great way to learn how to improve or strengthen 
my prayer life. We also offer these prayer guides. They're in the lobby, and they will be available at every single one of our prayer services. And these are, it's just a resource. It's, it's a tool that, that'll help to engage you in prayer. It'll, it'll go through different types of prayer and models of prayer, different, different things that, that you can do to, to help engage you into prayer, particularly if it's something that you're not very good at. This is a great tool to help teach you. It's also available online, so you can download that. By the way, if you're watching online and you're like, man, I would love to have one of those, it's digital, and you can just print it out for yourself or look at it on a screen. But we're, what we try to do is we just try to emphasize and help, hey, the, let's call on God together this year. Let's separate from some things and put God back at the top. It's like cleaning my garage. It won't be fun. It's going to take effort. I'm probably going to be a little irritated at some things and frustrated at some moments, but in order for it to look the way I know it can, I'm going to have to do what it takes to get it there. And so I would encourage you to be honest about yourself and how do you need to engage. Now here's the best part. You don't have to be in those prayer services to, to participate. You don't even have to be in them. Now, some of you are like, oh, good, I was about to come, and now I'm not. But, hey, just be honest with yourself. You don't even have to be in. They'll, they stream live. They're archived all day long for you, to, for you to take them, and you can watch them and, and participate that way. But you know what? You could participate with us in different ways. What if you just decided for 15 minutes a day at, at a certain time every day you were just going to get before the Lord with no distraction and just pray. Because for some of us, 15 minutes would be a stretch. That would be a really good use of our time. Maybe you just decide in this season, the first time I was ever invited to be a faster, I wrote it off while I was being invited. My sister and my brother-in-law, they came to us and they said, we would love for you to join us in this fasting thing that we do. We did it last year. It was amazing what God did. And uh, man, we would just love for you to participate with us. It's coming up in January and we'd love for you to do it with us. And I'm like, I'm smiling, being polite. They're in my house. I'm like being a good host. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's really good. And in my head, I'm like, there ain't no way. I like Cheerios and stuff. Like, uh-uh. And then they leave. God bless you guys. Love you. Thanks for coming. Bam. And my wife's like, well, I don't know about you. And you do whatever you want, but I'm going to do this. And I'm like, dang it. Come on, y'all are married. Gosh. Can't. So we decided to do a, a Daniel fast. And if you don't know what that is, you can look it up. A Daniel fast. It's just a very strict diet. And I was like, duh, I'm not going to have hamburgers while you're having hummus. That isn't fair. Hummus is like fasting torture, if you didn't know. <laughs> And I'm telling you guys right now, I've reluctantly decided to fast. Reluctant. I, I didn't want to do it at all. And I was like, all right, all right, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this with my wife. And there were some factors that helped me decide. Number one, I knew there was more. Because I had experienced more. I had a connection with God. I was a follower of Jesus, and I had experienced more of God. I knew there was more, and in the honest evaluation of myself, I knew I needed to do something that was pretty action-oriented and determined, massive, to experience more. And I went before the Lord in a time of prayer, before we began. And I said, okay, God, if I do this, I will honor you. 
it's hard for the emotion not to resurface every time. Because it so radically transformed my life. Can I tell you the truth? I, none of us would be here today if I hadn't reluctantly said to my wife, fine, I'll do it. God changed everything. Everything changed. So how will you join us for fasting and prayer? Maybe your realignment action plan, the way that you engage with your church, is that you'll just connect to a life group this year. You'll just connect. Like, all right, it's all right. They talk about it all the time, and they talk about how it's so important. And you know what? I'm I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna connect to this life group. I'm gonna get involved in a life group. Let me tell you something. Can I be honest with you? You don't need anything else to do. You need friends. We, we, like we, our goal here is not to get you busier. Our goal here is to get you realigned, to get you in the kingdom, to get you connected authentically with other people that see it the way you see it, that, to get you in an atmosphere where you go, man, I had no idea that I would ever grow a friend like I have in you. You are awesome. To get you in a place where you start to go, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one. To get you in an atmosphere where you start to recognize, like, these are real people. They're not like super spiritualists that are odd. They're just everyday people, and they love Jesus. Like, yeah. Like, that's what's trying to happen around here. And a couple of things, just for your note, we have life group leader training, because some of your participation in groups is that, hey, it's time to lead. And you know that. The Holy Spirit's already talking to your heart about that. Just time to lead. There'll be a training on January 15th. We're going to have an open house on January 22nd. Here's what that means. And when you walk out of the auditorium and go into the lobby, we're just going to have team members ready and available because some of you guys are like, well, I don't really understand how to find them or look online or, you know, whatever. we're just going to have people that can help you with that. You can see all the groups will be listed by January the 22nd. You'll be able to just take a look and help find like, man, I think that'd be a great group for me. I think I'll try that one. I think I'll try these three and I'll choose one. Do that. Dude, it's okay. It's all right. Like we welcome it. You don't need anything else to do. You just need some friends. And then, of course, our semester will begin on January the 29th, and they run for 13 weeks. So some of you, the action plan and the way that you engage with your church, it's just time to be relational. It's time to connect with a life group. Another way that you could do it is just to make a difference on the serve team with us. Just time to serve. And some of you know it. Again, if I'm saying it, it's probably because the Spirit of God has already been saying it. You're just hearing it again. Like, ah, oh, man, I know, I know. And I'm just telling you right now. I'm telling you right now that life groups and serve team are very similar in a lot of ways. Because what happens is you start building relationships with people and you, you go into a common mindset with people and then all of a sudden you start building some friendships and some, and some trust and all of a sudden it's like, this is more than just church. This is more than just getting ready to serve other people. Like, we're doing life together. Like, I know, it's the best thing ever. You, maybe this is how, maybe that's how you engage. You can do one, two, or all of these things. I would love to tell you a story about groups or excuse me, about serve team, but I, I, I don't have time. The last one that I want to share with you is, is maybe you just attend All Access. All Access is like our on-ramp on to who we are. It, it's just the pathway to, to, we call it All Access because we want you to have access to all that we are. That's exactly the reason for its name. Just come on in. Like, it's an in, this is an inclusive place. Like, you belong here. Welcome home. 
yeah, but I'm not perfect. Okay, well, great, you belong here because neither are we. Did you see that garage? I'm just kidding. But you get to attend all access in February is when we'll kick those back off. And February 5th and February 12th, you're gonna, th those are identical gatherings. So if you go to the 5th, you don't even have to go to the 12th. If you can't make the 5th, go to the 12th. We're making some modifications. We're improving it. We're fast-tracking it. And for all those new serve team members that just went through three steps, thank you for your patience. Welcome to the team. Amen. We feel like we can improve it. And we just want to help people get connected to our church in authentic, genuine ways. And not connected to a group so you can say you're in a group. Not faithful to church because you can say you're a good attender. Not on the serve team so that you can check a box before the Lord and say, I'm serving and making a difference. No, so that you can authentically connect to the people in the kingdom, the body of Christ that fits together perfectly and makes us healthy and growing. I'm submitting to you this morning that it's simply time for you to engage with your church. And here's what I recognize. I recognize that maybe not everybody that I'm speaking to is even following Jesus. I would be naive, I think, to assume that all of us in this room are Christians. I think there are people that are unsure about it. I think there are people who are like, you're stiff arming it. I think those kind of people are in this church all the time. And can I just say something to you? Welcome really glad that you're here i'm gonna get a, invite the rest of the team my worship team come on y'all make y'all's way out but i want I, can i talk to you if that's you if you're like yeah i'm not a christian for whatever the reason can i just talk to you just for a moment can i tell you something about church on the rock that's probably going to sound like heresy to certain people I want you to know that you could make church a priority and not be a Christian. You could join us for fasting and prayer and not be a Christian. You can connect to a life group and not be a Christian. Did you know that we've actually had people serving on our serve team that were not Christians? Happened twice. We knew about it. Did you know that both of those people are now following Jesus? Uh, absolutely. But hey, maybe we just let you serve on the serve team and not be a Christian. You can go to all access, not be a Christian. You can do all these things and not follow Jesus. But can I say something to you? I would like to say this overtly, clearly, and unapologetically. We will do everything in our power for you not to stay in that condition. We exist to reach people with the life-giving We exist to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus. That they will become fully devoted followers of Christ. So come to our groups. We will love on you just like you are. And we're going to tell you about Jesus and his transformative power. We're going to talk to you about what he's done in us and how he'll do it in you. Come and be a part of our church services. And at the close of every single one,
myself or whoever the communicator is, is going to give you the opportunity to meet Jesus every single time. Why? Why? Because there's life there. There is hope there. We want you connected to the body of Christ where the head is Jesus, the living Son of God Almighty who came to set the prisoner free. So in closing, Revelation 3.20, I'm going to read you the words of Jesus. Here's what I believe he's saying to you right now. He says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Can I paraphrase the last portion of that verse for you? I'll have a relationship with you. Dining and eating in this context was very synonymous with relationship. We'll bond together. We'll do life together. Maybe you've been in a church service where they received communion. It's a physical act of a spiritual reality. And those of us that are in Christ Jesus understand what communion is. But if you're on the outside looking in, this is your moment. I want to invite you to the inside. I, like, welcome to the family because Jesus who saved me, Jesus who saved some of us, is the same Jesus who came to save you. Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. We're going to close this service with prayer and then a song. If that's you this morning, whether you're tuning in online or you're in this room, I want to talk directly to you for a moment. And again, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I want you looking inside your own heart. And what I want you to do is I want you to just give an honest estimate of yourself. And if you're in a place this morning where you say, I know that I need Jesus, I'm there, and I'm ready to step into a relationship with him, then what I want to encourage you to do is repeat a prayer with me. You're going to recognize that everyone in this room is actually going to say this prayer out loud because we're supporting your ability to say it boldly and confidently. It's our way to support you. And here's our prayer. I want you to say, Dear Jesus, I give you my life, all of it. Come into my heart. Forgive me my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. All that I am is yours. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hey, let's stand together and sing as we close this service.